What's up guys, Coach Eamon here from Ronin. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today we have Cadre Sean, aka Surf Hog. Sean is a Command Sergeant Major in the US Army Special Forces Special Operations and he's here today to chat on fitness, mindset, discipline, pandemic, uh, deployment mindset and lots of different cool things. Sean is a friend of Ronin, having dropped in a good few times with Cadre Rick, another Cadre from GoRook and they will be back many more times. So, guys, I hope you enjoy. Tune in. Give it a share if you like. So, listen, thanks a million for coming on. Sean, a.k.a. Surf Hog, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. No, I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate having me on, man. It is uh, definitely an honor. I'm sorry if I have squeaky chair syndrome behind me here, uh, <laughs> but it is definitely an honor to be on the radio, man. I've always admired your gym, and I've always admired the, the push you've had over there. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's, it was great to uh, connect originally back in the day um, through, originally it was GoRook, right? Yeah, originally GoRook. I'm trying to remember what year that was now. I don't even remember what year that was now. <laughs> oh, it's gone back probably seven or seven years, would it be? John or John will be able to tell me the guy who you absolutely destroyed on GoRook Tough. I'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Jans- Jansen, sorry, you know him as Jansen, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he'll give me the he'll give me the exact date. Apparently it's etched into his soul. He'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a that was a good event, man. And it's 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 so key. And, and anything we do in life is, is to, you know, build rapport, you know, and, and it's all about the community and village kind of thing concept. And, uh, you know, us, me and Rick just showing up, Kedre, Rick showing up to your gym and talking to you, man. And you were, you were wide open to assist us, man. You didn't know who we were, man. A bunch of, bunch of hooligans or whatever running around. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was great to walk in there and build that rapport with you instantly. And instantly you, you went way out of your way to assist us, man. And that was, that's what really turned on the relationship and friendship I think we have now. So going, you know absolutely man yeah yourself i'll never forget yourself and rick uh coined me i was i'd never been coined before obviously it's, it's not really that popular over here and i was like i was like oh, i had to act like i knew what was going on thank you yeah cheers and then i got back on google i was like oh fuck yeah i just got coined by the dudes <laughs> like, for anyone listening then that's a uh why don't you describe the the tradition a little bit well the 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 coining is uh, you, you carry your coin and, and originally it came back from the special operations side and then it just kind of took over everywhere. Um, but it is with me being an old timer, um, we call the old timers, the graybeards, And uh, so it was tradition for us to carry a coin around. So in a bar or something like that to kind of identify another, another soft guy or something around you, you would drop the coin, you know, and so forth like that. And it came around to being that, you know, if you didn't have your coin on you at the bar or something, well, you bought around, you bought around drinks and, but if the other guy had his coin, then you're buying the one buying the <laughs> drinks, you know. But it was a more of a tradition of of showing who's who in the zoo kind of thing, who are you as who right. I am kind of thing too, you know. Yeah, 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 so. for sure. So on that, then, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of a background to your military experience? I know you've done a, a good lifetime there now. Yeah, so you know, as we discussed a little bit, um, I'm moving towards retirement here a few years out or a few months out. Uh, I've got uh, 31 years total, uh, 28 being in the uh the special operations special forces world um, my focus was the underwater operations side um back when i was on the teams um but uh my my levels have moved up quite a bit since then i'm a, I'm a command sergeant major um i guess you would look at it as more of a uh, like a regimental command sergeant major or a, a two-star command sergeant major level i'm getting out 
And but um, yeah, I've been all over the world, Afghanistan, Iraq, all over the Middle East, um, all over Central and uh, Central Africa, and Central and South America. Just kind of bounced all over the place. Um, but uh, long career and um, a great career. Many many good people have you know been with and and we've lost along the way. And that's the biggest thing too is it. It's amazing the people you again talking about meeting relationships, people you meet, and uh, you know the giants that you get to sort of completely admired, and you know didn't know who's who was kind of walking around. You know, next thing you know, you're with the the guy who was the ground force commander on the Bin Laden raid. You know, and it's you and him hanging out kind of thing. You know, so it's neat. The experiences, man. Good. Been, it's been a good run, bud. All right, man. And when you get into those kind of, I suppose, more hostile and environments and stuff, you, you really do create some bonds, right? You do. You seriously do, man. Um, especially down when you're in the teams, you know, you, you're such a small element. Um, and then so hard and, and kind of one of those folks is, is that people think you can train hundred percent. You really can't, man. You, you train to that 80% level, you know, cause you really can't get to that, that 90 and hundred. It's that 20% that's unknown. that really changes the atmosphere of how you've, mentally prepared yourself or physically prepared yourself to handle that 20% of the unknown. And uh, so with, with those individuals, when you put in that situation and you just, you know how each other move and you move with each other and it's such a machine uh, to watch and work around. But yeah, you definitely build those bonds in those moments. Yeah, man. Crazy, crazy uh, job to, to wait to earn your wages, right? You know, here, here in the States, people are very much, uh, you know, thank you for your service. You know, my guys do their best to blend in. We don't wear a whole lot of shirts and stuff like that to identify you know, our background and so forth. But, you know, I always say, hey, you know, it pays the bills kind of thing, you know, jokingly. Um, but all yeah. in all reality, to put yourself and individuals to put themselves through any special operations training over longevity time, too, and the job we do, uh, you know, it, we love God and country, but it, it's not always about God and country. It's about what we, we really enjoy what we do. And uh, those guys in there, if they didn't do, didn't enjoy what they do, it would be hard to do that job, you know? Yeah, 100%. Man. And when you go back to, so the original days, you, you joined in as kind of like a, a recruit to join the military, was it? And you... I did. So I joined a, uh, back in the day, they had a program uh, open up. They were trying out. Um, normally, you had to have four years prior military service before you could even uh, volunteer or even try to go this direction. Um, but they opened the gates up trying a new program out. And as uh, far as I know, I, who knows overall, I only know a handful of guys that uh, that were 18, 19 years old um, that got in and made it through the whole process. Um, maybe like five of us that I remember. Um, it could be more, but that's just the, the names off the top of my head. Um, that actually got selected, went through assessment selection, went through all the training and, and finally came out at the other end of the end on a team. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a unique experience because the – the guys I was around were guys who were already prior service guys came out of the Marine Corps were force recon guys, uh, guys came out of, uh, Naval special warfare and a seal with me, had Rangers with me, had a bunch of guys with me going through. And, uh, you know, here I am with really shit for experience, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> you know, the only experience I had was being raised in the military. You know, uh, my father was a, a retired Colonel. Matter of fact, you know, both my parents were born and raised in Limerick city, Ireland and, uh, right. the States, um, so I was raised in the military, so it kind of gave me a balance about military bearing, military professionalism, and so forth like that. And, um, and they took me under the wing, man. If those guys didn't take me under the wing, um, there, there were moments there. I had an NSW guy in front of me during one of the events, and he just he passed out from heat exhaustion, collapsed. And you know, at certain points during all that, I said to myself, there ain't no way in hell I'll make it through this, and these guys didn't make it through it kind of thing, you know. 
Um, mm. But just I stayed low, stayed quiet, kept my head hung, and just carried the weight and moved on, kind of thing, you know. And was that was that an early adaptation of buds, or was that buds? No, that was the that was the going through the uh, the Army Special Forces Special Operations side of the house. Um, okay. Yeah, so that was back in 1991. Yeah. Right. 1991. Okay. Yeah. And then we went, and is good. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. You're yeah. Good. You're good. So is buds a selection process now for the seals is that the way it works so buds is a selection process so the way it's set it up now is they set it up there uh they go through um there's different assessments going through to get to buds and then they get to buds and you're so you have your hell week and so forth like that uh so different phases now the phases always change up and in a lot of these special operations communities either being you know the green berets rangers seals whatever it's going to be um the processes have changed just based on the timing of life and so forth like that. They'll change the phases around or move it around a bit. And so like hell week will be earlier on or later on. And then they'll push the guys right through the rest of buds and all that kind of stuff through there. Um, so it's, it, so it is, yeah. So it's a selection process going through. Right. The only real sort of context I have is obviously, you know, movies and uh, my latest uh, flick through David Goggins book and stuff. You hear a lot of the the the, the war stories about buds. Sounds like a fun, yeah. fun few weeks. Well, I think any of those courses you go through are going to be a fun few weeks. But I, I, the, the, I find it very interesting that when I read a lot of books, they really hype things up a little bit. You know, um, obviously anything's possible if you train for it. You know, you're your issue really comes down to is, is getting injuries, man. Uh, that's your biggest concern. Mm-hmm. Um, is if you get an injury, you're, you're not going to make it. Um, when I went through one of the, the SFAS and selections and so forth, when I, uh, the last event was like, a, I think it was like a 30 miler, um, on your own. And, uh, I broke my foot two miles into it. You know, you find a new way to hobble with, uh, you know, 75 pounds in your back and you just keep on going, you know, um, and that too, and it's just, it's such a key in anything we do in life, you know, whether it be the military or anything we do in life, it's all about the timing. You know, I've seen a lot of people go through the called the vanilla special operations training into, into some of the other realms or combat diver range, whatever it may be. And it's, you know, mentally were they not there because they had a problem with their wife and the wife didn't really want them to go do this or it was just it was something going on in life. And you could see it mentally ticking away at them there. And they were, they were, they found a way to quit. You know, they found a way that, you know what, I don't need to be here. This is a good way to sign off. You know, no, can't handle anymore. I got some things going on at home, whatever kind of thing. Um, you know, it's good for them. I got to take care of family, you know, and, but it, it's such a timing in life, man. You know, I did it at such a young age. I had no anchors on me. I had nothing about, I had nothing to lose or gain. I had really everything to gain um, going through there. So, but a lot of guys, you see them go through and they just, they've got a lot of stuff wearing on them and you see it mentally. And as soon as something is really pushing you to the limits, if, if that little bit of quit is in you in your mind, you're going to quit. You're going to find that way out. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I, in our chats, I'd explain to you that I had a shot at the Army Ranger Wing over here back in the day. Yeah. Um, so I've been through, I did three weeks with those guys on the select. It was a five-week selection, and uh, I got through the three full weeks, which actually felt like about three years when you take in the length of the days. But yep. uh, I came off it like that with injury, like tumble, took a, took a tumble all night, or had a radio on my back, fucked up my neck, still can feel it. But at the time, I was like, yeah, I was just broken. I'm gone. 
it, I haven't got it. It's too much pain. I got to leave. And now I'm always in my head. It was just such unfinished business. I go back to it in my head where I'm like, could I actually, if I really had have just worked through that pain, could I have finished it? I don't know. It's like this unanswered thing. But realistically, I didn't want it that bad anyway. You know, it was yeah. more just kind of the army for me was a little bit of a disappointment for a lot of different reasons. It's a longer conversation, but it was it was one way out of the standard army was into the wing. You yeah, know? yeah. A, a guaranteed access where they don't hold you back. They'll take you. Yeah. They'll take anybody and give you a shot to see how badly you want it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but see, then, you know, life, as we know, life has different multiple paths for us, you know? If that path didn't work out, then you're intended a different path. And here you are now, you know, doing your thing with you know, the CrossFit and everything else going on, kids and so like that. So you just never know this what it was what it was meant to be and, and when it comes down to it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, a lot of guys approach me about, you know, I wish you would have done this, you know? And we always have a joke you know, it's a, you know, either you got a tab or you got a, or you got a story kind of thing, you know, um, it, yeah. it's, we're joking, but at the same time, it's just, it's just the way life went, you know, guys look back, you know, I wish I said, man, don't worry about it, man. Just don't, don't let it win for a certain reason for you to do something else. You know, you, you just got to get past that or else just weighs guys down. And another guy came to me recently talking to me um, and he, he was telling me this stuff and I was just like, Hey man, am I, I'm telling you right now, everything is timing. And I, I honestly feel you've missed your time to go do this. You know, go mm-hmm. do something else. Don't let this weigh you down because if it weighs you down, you won't be successful on other things in life, you know? So. Yeah. I think uh, for, for that selection process and probably for a lot of the stuff that you're you're involved in, a big part of it is this, um, like it, it is actually selection in a way. Like, are you prepared to suffer enough yeah. physically to, to sacrifice enough and, and cause enough pain to to get this do you know what i mean it's like i don't know yeah. I've, I've kind of taken that sort of mentality into like that's kind of one of the things that fascinates me in life is this kind of physical investment into something and how it makes you feel you know yeah you're, and, you're, and you're absolutely right um i i hate i almost hate calling it pain um because now i guess as i'm older you know to me pain is actually pain you know you really painful joints or something like that kind of thing you know mm. um so what, what is you're pushing those limits, but you're pushing those limits where you're not you're not physically physically really hurt kind of thing, yeah. you know, um, yeah. but you're pushing your body beyond those limits of kind of thing. You know, you're, you're that past that burn, you know, um, and can, can I take one more step? Can I push one more? You know, and, and man, I'm a firm believer. And then a lot of guys tell me, that, well, you gotta be mentally fit. And I, I get it. You have to be mentally fit. No doubt about it. But once you are physically depleted. You are mentally depleted. It ain't vice versa, man. See, that's that was that was eighteen, nineteen year old uh, Sean, or twenty year old Sean, kind of. You know, this this Sean is his fifty, his different mindset. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, it falls right back where where are you in life? You know that point. Yeah, like you said, timing and luck. Like some people can just luckily enough sail through courses like that and not get a tweak or a twist. And maybe if they were tested by injury, they may have broken. Maybe not. Who knows? It's yeah. a big lottery, isn't it? It it is, man. It is, and you know. I, I tell you, the just going through, moving through the woods at night, you know, with no nods, no visibility by yourself, and you know, 75 pounds, you put your foot in a hole and snap your leg or get a twig in the eye, and next day you're blinded out in that eye. And it's just those, those minor things, man. You, know, you don't think about it at the time, but any of those things can, can slow you down or stop you. You know, even, you know, even, um, you know, some of the, even out in the ocean, you know, and doing dive operations, you're fitting in, you know, you lose a fin or something like that. Man, we had a guy lose during the training. Um, he, he lost his mask upon entry in the water. And the, the phrase is here is that, Hey, um, equipment, mask and fins are comfort items. 
keep going, you know, uh, kind of idea. So, <laughs> I, he, he, so he, did, he did the whole dive op, you know, we did, a, I think it was, I can't remember how the distance was in a dive, man, but a Drager dive and, uh, he had no mask, man. <laughs> you get know? it done. Yep. Get, get it done, man. He was, um, but he wasn't getting graded. That guy was driving. So it was two, you know, two man team, but team, two man element. And, uh, he wasn't driving, we call it driving on the compass. And, uh, so the other guy was driving. He just had to hang in there and fin hard, you know, and just make sure the guy wasn't getting losing time, you know. Um, but yeah, you just it's, it's one of those things you just never know. You just got to keep going, you know. That's that's what there's your test, you know. Keep yeah. Going. Uh, so for you personally, at uh, what age are you now, Sean? Remind me. I'm about to turn fifty. Okay, so fifty years young. How much of an impact does physical fitness have on your mental state? It's a huge piece for me, man, um, and it's. You know, I it just maybe it's based on the environment I grew up, you know, even, even my wife sees it, you know, she sees it that if I'm, if I don't work out or a certain amount of time, been, been a couple of days I worked out, I get irritated, you know, it's just, it's part of my, it's part of my, it's part of who I am um, to keep involved with that. So it's, it's very important for me physically. I look around and I, I see people at older age and they're either, there's one or the other, they're not moving at all or they're still out there walking, still riding their bikes and stuff like that, man. And that's key especially at my age, man. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily my age, but I have a five-year-old, you know, and he's running strong. So I've got to be able to keep up with him um, as time goes on here. Um, so you're also shifting. So my, my workouts are shifting a little bit. I'm not so much about trying to try to deadlift, you know, 400 pounds, something like that right now. Uh, I'm trying to bring that down a little bit and, and do a higher reps kind of thing for longevity purposes, you know, um, save my joints more in order to, in order to stay up with my son, uh, in order to be when I'm 75 years old, I'm out there riding a bike and, and possibly still skiing or, or snowboarding or surfing what I do, you know? Um, so that's my mentality is how do I, you know, physically keep physically good shape to do the things I still enjoy to do. Right. I love it. I love that. That's the big massive banner across the back of my gym is fitness <laughs> is life. And that's, that's where, that's where my, uh, Yes. lies with fitness you know yeah we only, we only got one body man you what now we've only got one body i'm sorry say one more time i said we've only got one body oh you run body yes yes yeah you know you've beaten it up in in uh, weight training that consistently you got to pay the price at some stage right yeah i remember you know um the first time doing crossfit style stuff man early um early 2000s and uh Man, just kind of walked into it, thought I knew what the hell I was talking about, you know. Um, and, and, and to be honest, we, we, we joke around, you call it CrossFit. Back in the day, we just called it working out kind of piece, you know. It was kind of all tailored toward a similar idea, not as so much as heavy Olympic lifts kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I remember I went in there, we were doing a 21-15-9s, and, uh, you know, I wasn't a big guy doing deadlifts at the time, you know. So I we, the guy threw on 220, or was it 225 he threw on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, – and man, we started going at it, man. And that injured me. That injured my hamstring, you know, because you know why? Didn't have the proper technique. Thought I knew what I was doing. Uh, walked into it and yeah, I hammered that uh, injured my hamstring for a while. I mean, for a couple of years later kind of thing, you know, um, learn lesson learned. This man yeah. is, is, is so huge across fitting your guys is, is technique, man. And as we get older, so important, you know, I, I have a tendency of getting caught up when people come to my house, we work out. I sometimes like it, sometimes I don't, because it causes me to push myself beyond what I want to push myself, um, just because I got to beat them. You know, hey, guy's like 23, I got to show him how it is kind of thing, you know? 
Um, <laughs> but the, <laughs> the problem is then you start throwing your technique a little bit, you know, and you're going to start getting hurt. You know, you're, you're, you know, trying to do snatches too fast, something like that too fast. And it's kind of like, and some of my mind, I've got to slow it down because my recovery time is not going to be what it used to be. You know, if I get an injury, you know, I just had a, you know, a knee surgery um, just about two weeks ago, uh, two large tearing meniscus in my left knee. And that's probably over time. Um, and so now I see it's a, my recovery period, you know, coming through and it's like, man, slowing me down. And I hate to be slowed down, man. So that, mm. that is what it is. What is that competitive beast that lives inside us? What is it? It's just unquenchable, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's insane, brother. It is insane, you know? Uh, I've, I've, I've done a better job, I think, as I'm getting older to back it off. I think that. And then my neighbor, who's a dentist, like I said, and, and uh, he's, you know, 25, 26 year old. And he's, he's a big pipe-hitting boy. And, you know, he does all this lifting. And I said, well, why don't you come work out with me? You know, and it's my goal is to crush his soul. Uh, crush his soul when he sees me lapping him you know i want him to see me and, and make sure his soul just i'm just gonna absorb the energy off him I'm absorb his soul as I run by, you know? so that this is where you get the joy from the go rock challenges then you want to just you're taking all them souls you're hungry for souls it, it is you know what, what i really like about the go rock and i and be honest i haven't done an actual tough event in probably three years um because i was gone uh I just got, well, I say just got back. It feels like it was yesterday, but it's like a year now. It's crazy. Um, from my final deployment to Iraq and Syria piece. Um, and uh, it's been a little bit for work and preparation and push all that kind of thing. And, uh, but yeah, my biggest thing with, with those events is that when you're around the, the special operations guys, the, the operators, whatever want a fancy name, want to call these guys, everybody, um, is they think they know it all. I mean, you can have a guy just out of the course and he thinks he's God's gift to the world and he thinks he knows it all, you know, and it gets irritating after a while. Um, so working with working with the tough and stuff like that, the go rocks out of the house and working with everybody, they're sponges, man. Uh, they, they listen to everything I say and they absorb my experiences in life. Um, and that's that's awesome, man. And because they're actually learning and they're training and I'm trying to get some. Yeah, I'm going to smoke the living hell out of them, you know, and we're going to have a good time doing it, you know, but they are observe, absorbing all this knowledge that I'm trying to push off of my 31 years experience, you know, um, and that's what I really like about it, too. Yeah, man. So when you get into, Jansen told me about this uh, specific in one of the parks you were in, St. Dan's Park in the north side of Dublin, right? And it just, it rings bells with me from, from Special Forces Selection that I've tried, but it was this big, massive tree that you were moving for a very short distance. I don't know if you remember this. I do. It was, yes. Like, so, right. So <laughs> the, the, for someone that doesn't understand this type of training, right. The idea here is this tree or this object is not designed to be moved, but body, right. And you put, you pull a lot of these people together and you make them fucking move it at all costs. <laughs> it's yep. like, uh, what, what's the mentality behind that? Mentality is teamwork. You know, there is there is no individuality kind of thing. It is designed that if you work as a team, you make things happen as a team kind of thing. You know, um, and we talked earlier a little about, you know, it takes a village kind of thing. Um, same idea, the kind of community team to build this. One man can't do it. Two men can't do it. Three or four women or men work together to lift this thing. And you work as a team because if you don't work as a team, someone doesn't like you know, initiate the movements, how to move left foot, right foot, whatever kind of thing. Then you, excuse my expression, and you're back to looking like a shit show, you know? Yeah. Um, so as you work together and you talk together as a team, you learn how to move this effectively and efficiently um, without crushing yourself too much. You're still going to get a little bit of crushing. 
you know, and get it to where you need to subject them. That's the whole point. Everything we're doing is you're building up as a team. You're moving as a team. Um, all the events are dead, you know, um, even the, the sandbags, it's just, so one of the operations, and, and that was one of the, you know, the, the storyline behind it was that, you know, an aircraft went down and it had a certain amount of nuclear warheads. Uh, your team has been sent in to, you know, you have to go and find the warheads and get them and exfil them, these warheads, you know. And I don't really tell them how many warheads are, you know, it could be three or four or five, you know. But what it is, it is a duffel bag, you know, one of most of them are a duffel bag full of sand or dirt. And you're talking 400 pounds um to move this and it's very awkward movement it's not like a big giant long thing to move it's a small compact piece so it's difficult to move but as time goes on if they don't make times or they're starting to slow down what i make them do is i make them put it in the water so it goes from 400 pounds to 600 pounds pretty quick you know <laughs> um it's a it's it's, it's pain education you know um you know you're educated through pain you know pain is a great educator uh if you realize that hey if we don't get our stuff together quickly this is going to get a lot worse so stop complaining, get it up and move out as fast as you can kind of thing, you know. Are we getting soft as a society? I, man, you know, um, it, it's, it's difficult to say that because I, I, when I come back home and I'm, I'm moving amongst the populace, I see it that kind of soft. If I go to CrossFit gyms, I see aggressiveness. You know, I see that still, you know. Um, but, you know, and I see a lot of, everybody is a little soft because of food or get comfortable or complacent kind of piece. I don't understand that. We think this time and age of everything we know that you be, would get a little harder kind of thing too physically, but mentally I think we are getting a little softer. Um, but I say, we all say the millennial stuff, you know, um, man, I, I've seen, I've seen some millennials do some great things in Afghanistan, Iraq, man. I've seen some young guys, um, not special operations guys in the conventional units, Man, I've seen them go day after day into those gunfights and, and not hesitate once. And those guys were millennials, you know. Um, so it's, but I, we are getting soft. Um, it, it's just weird because I don't know it isn't necessarily in Ireland, but in America they have this mentality that you know everybody gets a trophy, everybody's a winner, you know, everybody's a snowflake, flake, everybody gets a chance to do anything they want. And it's kind of it's not how life is. Life is not that way, you know. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I'll probably never be a, you know, a violinist because I, I don't have that skill set, you know, you know, challenge me, I'll try, but I guarantee you I'm not gonna do that well, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it, I don't know how it was in Ireland, again, in the States, it, it's that way. It's just that everybody deserves a chance. And I'm just like, it's not true, man. Not everybody's designed to go into special operations. No one, not everybody's designed to do this and this. Not everybody's designed to be a neurosurgeon, you know, it's just, life is that way, you know. Um, so, but yeah. I think I think we're all getting kind of soft, bro. So the when you bring back in, like I know a lot of the, the clientele that sign up for Go Rooks, they're they're not like they're not the typical type of person who's been brought up around say military backgrounds. A lot of them will come in from like a corporate background and be like, okay, I want to, uh, I'm going to take this challenge on and get a feel for something that's a bit hardcore. Like yeah. and in in the tough, like they're getting served cold, man. That is like, yeah, that just sounds like. They're getting roasted, properly oh. roasted for 24 hours. So in some ways, it's like it's completely whack. But in some ways, it's like the best thing ever, isn't it? It is. It is it's, it's unique um, because like the heavy, the heavy is 24. The tough is r- roughly 12, you know, kind of from there. And uh, the, what you, you, when people come together, man, it's, it's complete chaos. You know, you could see it and you let it be chaos. You want it to be chaos. 
because what's going to happen is I've never seen it not happen is that they developed over time, the leadership and the team building and everything they got to do by the end of it, there's such camaraderie in that small element. They've worked together. Um, and they love it. And it's amazing. They come up and give you hugs and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, man, this guy done crushing your soul. You're going to be hugging me. All right. Good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But it is. And they, and they get a sense of pride and camaraderie, uh, you know, that they've done this and, and moved through it kind of piece, you know? Uh, so it's always great to see that. Now I tell you, I've never been harassed so much as I have when I was in Dublin there, uh, with the tough, with all, with all the ladies doing the tough, man, they were, <laughs> that was Orna and Jillian, yeah. Oh, well, it was. It was they, yeah. they won't hold back. <laughs> it was hilarious, man. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you think you're funny? Get back in the mud. Get back in the water." <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're great. I'm still, I'm still in contact with the girls. They've moved on from CrossFit, but they're still, uh, we're still in, in the same social circles. Oh, and that, you know? they, they, yeah, they're cool. Great attitude and a great. And that's what you gotta have, man. If you've got a bad attitude walking into that, then you, you are gonna, you're gonna quit somewhere to it, you know. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of lives being changed on on little twenty four hour events like that, on the heavy and stuff. Like people are kind of rethinking everything, aren't they? They are, you know. And that's the some of the things I, I push out to them is that, hey, Monday morning you're going back to work. You know, th- this is not uh, a training event to go to any kind of special operations. This is something you're trying to get a taste of and could work together as a team and you know team building camaraderie. And it's we do not getting to get to a point where you are mentally or physically hurt for Monday, you know, and that's so key. Um, you know, it, it's, and people are like kind of looking at me sometimes. I'm like, hey, everybody stop. Everybody got sand on their feet. Yeah. Go ahead. Empty your feet out, clean your feet off. Let's get it right. Cause what I don't want to do is 10 miles into this. You've got a massive blister on your foot because a little piece of sand got in there. You know, now, I'm not trying to teach you how to overcome a bad blister on a foot. We're going to make sure that, you know, we're taking care of you at the same time, you know, um, mm. But yeah, it's it's amazing how uh, 24 hours will change change people, and man, and and the amount of people that come back and redo the events um, are crazy too, man. There's so many guys that do like 20 different, done 20 plus events, and I'm just kind of like, Phew. you know, even as an instructor, a cadre going through, man, you're 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 you know, you're doing the miles on your feet too, and you got a ruck on your back and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it, it starts wearing at you too. You're like, you know, you get two hours of sleep in between each events, you know, so it's kind of like, all right, here we go. I came to Ireland to have some beer, some Guinness, you know, what are we doing out here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so on the, uh, so actually just on that topic, and for me, like I say, through that kind of, originally for me, it was martial arts, then it was the military, then it was CrossFit, and I can't go rooking you guys and all, but this whole team of uh, just like changing your mindset through physical fitness is just, it's such an untapped resource, right? It is, man. It is. It's amazing. Not only it is the confidence that I've seen in people coming back with the physical fitness, you know, being the CrossFit, especially, especially the CrossFit side, because I see the most changes in individuals physically and mentally are through CrossFit because someone's there to put them through the program. Someone's there to be on top of them to make sure they're doing it right, but to continue to, to push through it, push through it kind of thing, you know? And I've seen the confidence levels and, and, and just the, the way they walk. Now they walk taller. They're more proud, you know, because they're, they're physically fit and they feel good about themselves. And you're feeling good about yourself that way, man. That just emulates all the way out everything else you do in life, you know? Yeah, 100%. And it can bring about a lot of discipline to maybe that might not have been there before, right? Exactly. You're absolutely right. Because now 
you know, you're putting yourself in a situation. I've got to finish this. I've got to do that. And that's the same thing at work and somewhere else. So that you're, you're not afraid if it takes a little extra to get something done. And that takes you right to work, man. Anything you do in life, family, friends, whatever. You know, I'm not sure about drinking. I can do one more shot. I don't, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yes. So, I mean, from, from my fitness, like you can teach somebody nutrition. You can teach them what to eat. This is what you do. This is what you do. You know, this is what you don't do. But there's not, there's no real substitute for getting somebody involved in a fitness program like that, where they learn, they, they get that bit more discipline, that bit more comfortable with the uncomfortable. And then those nutrition choices and stuff, they, they, they come as part of like more of a paradigm shift than actually just doing what you're told because it's on a piece of paper. Yep. You're absolutely right. You know, having someone there and physically and seeing how it moves and what is actually going on. And that's the, you know, they always say, you know, the hardest part is the first step. Right. Um, and that same thing with the CrossFit style is the first step showing up, show right. up there and learning because people are like, well, I don't know how to do a deadlift or I'm embarrassed about it. Everybody started at that level. Everybody has done that, been there. You know, you just have to go in there and get past that first step, you know, and then you see, the techniques people are working at, what they're showing you, you know, and, and, and watching yourself develop from there. What's the old saying, you know, I just want to look good naked kind of thing, you know? Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I listen to Glorious Professionals, yourself, yeah. and is, is it Jason? Is that his name? Yeah, Jason, yep. Yes. Um, and you, you guys were talking a little bit about sort of pandemic uh, mindsets and what kept coming into it was this holiday of the deployment mindset, right? Yep. Uh, this I think that was recorded earlier on in the pandemic. So how, how's that been going? Is that something that you feel like has been keeping you taking over and uh, kind of people that you roll in circles with? Yes, you know it, it definitely it it keeps rolling through on that one. You know, and and we talk about you know keeping things simple, keeping things moving. You know, um, it's it's a huge part in all this. Is is if you get caught up in too much of one thing and get complacent, there that's where the issues come. Um, but keeping things moving is, is key. You know, we had talked about, you guys are a lot more locked in than we are right now. Um, and, but the whole, in my mentality was just, if you get into a, a room and I was younger, I did this. I don't know why I always would change my room around when I was a kid, you know, just because it would, would change up the location or, you know, something make it feel different place kind of thing. And that was one of the things I was kind of pushing to people too. you know, change things up around you a little bit, you know, and it'll help mentally change what's going on around you. Keep you focused on something different, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you're right. When you're, you're trapped in a small area, it's just, you know, look for work, you know, look for things to do, you know, even hobbies, you know, but that's something to do to keep your mind going. And it's, it's crazy to see some, some of the things that people have actually, you know, they've created their, their, their COVID hobby or something like that. They call it you know, building yeah. cars or they've learned to play the guitar, ukulele or something like that. You know, it's like, <laughs> what a perfect time to do that stuff. Not that I did any of that, but I did housework. <laughs> and you surf. kept busy at home. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. I'm going to ask you one more thing. This is, this is me being greedy. This is a personal one. And um, with your position as a top dog in such a big field around the world with a lot of people under you, um, can you give me some tidbits as regards to developing as a leader and leadership? Man, that's, that is a, that is a tough one, man. I'm, you know, as we go through like your, your mindsets that we talked about earlier, change based on where you are in life, your age, things going on. 
and there truly is a for leadership there is the art and science there i am a firm believer in that you know in the military the science side of the house they can teach you all you want you know you read the books about leadership and so forth like that but the art comes through experience and i think a lot of a little bit of that art too comes from not everybody has it you know um good good chance everybody has but not everybody does um and it's that taking advantage of that art so my biggest thing is is being able to work with the people around you because it's it's key as a leader to have good people around you kind of because you need someone to bounce ideas off if you think for one instance that you have all the answers individual you're wrong um it is key to have smart individual and be able to take that time through experience too is to make that, you know, I want to say an educated guess, but you're kind of making some educated guess based on your experiences and things you've done in life for that leader behind the house there. Um, such, such a key there that it is truly listening to the people around you and, and, and understanding you can't appease everybody. You know, you have to do what is best for the many, you know, um, but doing, listen to people around you and truly taking time to think about what you're going to say or other information you're going to put out. Nice. I think over the last year, since last March here, um, a lot of like box owners, people that had their little tribes um, ended up having to step into a little bit more of a leadership position in people's lives where, you know, you know, coach coach usually helps you with the deadlift coach gives you a dig out five, six, seven times a week coaches there as a shoulder. And then all of a sudden you're not there. It's like, right, am I going to man up here and try and fill this void as best I can online, on the phone, all of this type of stuff? Or am I going to just kind of back off from it? Because it was in, it was uncharted territory. Yeah. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. You're stepping up. You know, that, that's that's the key too, man, is, is understanding, you know, um, a lot of people get fixed on, you know, they got blinders on, horse blinders on, they're just see what's in front of them. They don't have the ability to step back and open that aperture up and, and really, truly see what's going on, you know, and being able to predict your next few steps kind of thing, those second and third order effects. Um, so understanding as a leader, like you said, hey, these are going to be issues. How do I set up, you know, how am I going to affect those? You know, what do I need to do to reach out and make this thing happen? Uh, talking to people to keep your gym going and keep people coming back, you know, it's going to be a constant game for you um, to figure out what's the next step, what's the next step, keep everybody coming back and stuff like that too. Um, and talking to them because it, it, it is tough. You know, you're not there. Why am I doing this when I'm not there kind of piece? You know, how do you, how do you keep them engaged? You know? Yeah. We've had a lot of different challenges on and uh, various nutrition things with apps and running challenges yeah. and that. And uh, one of the next evolutions of this, they don't know this yet. I've kind of hinted at it, but it's going to be a rooking um, challenge. So we're going. <laughs> that's good, man. That's good, I, I, and that's what a lot of people's done, and that's what you have done too. And taking and, and really roll with it was understanding. Hey, how do I get out there without them being here physically? How do we get them out there, keep them moving? Because the last thing people want to do is they don't want to take two or three steps backwards. You know, they, they want to. They understand there's going to be a slight pause, but they don't want to fall that far back. How do I maintain and keep going? And you had to come with creative ideas. You know, it, it may not be, hey, man, I'm sorry, guys, we ain't got barbells here or something like that. What about sandbags? What about this, this, this? And to, to change your workout to kind of just at least kind of keep you moving until you can get back in there until you get to those barbells and all that kind of stuff and Olympic bars and back to everything you got at the CrossFit gym, you know? Um, yeah. So that's important that you're pushing that and you're, and you're, you're keeping them motivated. That, that's that's key leadership there, man, is keep, keep them motivated. Not a false motivated Get good motivated, you know. 
Yeah, man. Look, I really appreciate taking the time out to chat to me and I appreciate our relationship and Rick and, you know, the whole thing was a beautiful sort of a harmony the way the event happened and, you know, years later we're, we're thrown down. So, uh, and on the leadership side of things, I'd love to just keep hounding you and talking to you one-to-one about this because it's something I'm quite obsessed with over the last while because I think it's, you know, having been coaching for over 12 years now and stuff, it's kind of the next level, you know? Oh, man, loved you, man. Uh, you know, I, I can sit down and think of some more things. I have actually quite a few things written up because when I give – you know, I have to go to graduations and, and I give speeches at grad, military graduations and so forth. So I write a lot of this stuff down of what I'm key things I'm hitting kind of thing to discuss about what they should have to put in their back pocket for, you know, becoming leaders or moving up in the world. Um, yeah. And push that to you. Loved it, man. And, uh, hey, man, I, I appreciate you. Um, you know, I've been to your gym a few couple times now. One being the, during the Go Ruck and then I done Dublin there um, on vacation. And uh, I look forward to getting back and getting back and to see the changes done once again. I'm not quite Definitely. as springy as I used to be, but uh, love to get back yeah. in there and, and do the workout. For sure, man. Uh, one more favor I will ask you then as well while I think of it, because you're so close to Jason, mention to him that uh, I'd like to get a chat with him on my podcast at some stage. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I will, yeah. uh, I'll reach out to Jason let him know, man. Amazing. Fantastic, Sean. Since he lives like two blocks from me, I guess I can talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All, All right, right brother. You. Be Here's safe, Sean. man.